0: Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at myBookie. Today on the ZabeCast, if you were tuning in to get a full fresh breakdown of the conference championship games... I'm sorry you're going to have to wait. But but, 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 but before you go, I've got Andy Polin on the arrogant, thin-skinned bully coach, Coach K, embarrassing a student reporter. We'll talk about what it might take to get Matt Stafford, Larry King, and the Wolf's new front office. All that, plus here comes the COVID miracles. Your 45-minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. (laughs) Here we go. Monday, January 25th, 2021. Hope you enjoyed the games. This podcast was put to bed at noon on Sunday, and I make no apologies. I wanted to fully enjoy the seven hours of football, and I cannot wait for the games today. And uh, honestly, I wasn't going to do a good job for you guys uh, slapping this together piece by piece and late at night trying to then get to sleep and wake up to do my normal show on Monday. I know this, Lambeau looks lovely. The field has never looked better this, deeper into the winter, this deep into the winter, partly because it's been kind of mild at, in Green Bay this year so far. They haven't been playing games. Well, they did play one game on it, but it looks great. There's snow outside. Mahomes has been cleared to play today, even though I still don't know what the official designation was on his non-cushion. They didn't say, here's what it was. They're like, well, that was weird. Wasn't a concussion, though. He's out of protocol, so yeah, weird. Hope that doesn't happen again. Does that not seem fishy to you? Shouldn't there be a conclusive, here's what we believe happened? Maybe that was put out and I just missed it. It's quite possible. Anyhow, a much better full breakdown of both games coming tomorrow. Update on my SEAL Team 6 recruiting. I've said I want guys who can go deep. I mean SEAL... Team six deep, scuba dive deep on these particular teams because once the season is over, we're gonna have uh, you guys on with me. I'll call you up and then you can walk me through. Here's the the blood and guts and glory of this franchise and where it's gone wrong, where it's gone right. I've gotten volunteers for the following teams: the Eagles, the Wolfskins, the Cowboys, the Lions, the Colts, the Cardinals, the Ravens, the Broncos, the Browns, the Patriots, the Bengals, the Packers, the Chiefs, the Bears. And the Steelers. In fact, on a number of these teams, I've had multiple people volunteer and I've felt bad saying, you sound very qualified, but I've already got three guys ahead of you. So those are the teams. You can rewind and listen to them again. It's about half the league. Once I get the full SEAL Team 6 roster, which I guess I'll get before the Super Bowl's over, then we can start diving deep and I can learn and you can learn with me about some of the inner guts and glory and stupidity of every NFL team. From owner, to GM, to history, to players, you name it. So there's your update on that. Then there's this before we get to Andy. Headline, being fat but fit isn't really possible, study says. No shit. See, I could click the link to the story and read it. I don't need to. I know this intrinsically. Now, I understand that you can be fat, you can have a BMI that is out of the range of what is considered healthy, and still have good blood work, you may have decent cardiovascular ability for short stretches, you may be fairly strong, there might be a lot of things going on there. But there is no substitute for being in what is considered the optimal weight range for your height, whether you're a man or a woman. And that's one of the great lies that has been pushed in the name of self-esteem, especially for women, love your body. You know, even when your body, like, you know, remember the whole Lizzo controversy with Jillian Michaels? She was right. There's a fine line. It's No one's saying crush Lizzo. Uh, or crush somebody who's, you know, overweight and say, you know, you go lock yourself in a closet. You're disgusting this or that until you get skinny. No, of course not. There should be some acceptance of this is where I'm at. I love my body. I'm working to eat healthy. I'm not a supermodel. I'm not going to be stick figure skinny. But you can't then turn around and lie to yourself going no, I'm fine actually. I'm perfectly healthy. You're not. I'm not. I know I'm not knowing I've got at least 30 pounds that I need to shed. I know that. But that's funny to see the headline. Being fat but fit isn't really possible. Well, no kidding. All right, let's get to Andy Pollen. and talk about Larry King, the Wolfskins front office, Matt Stafford trade rumors, and, of course, Coach K. Hello. It is a uniquely wonderful Sunday morning when I get jeremy poland in my twitter timeline <laughs> insisting that i bring something to his old man's attention on the ZabeCast. a sort of how about that mr fung type of moment <laughs> you know your son's tweeting me right yeah i know
1: and he's uh, look he's a loyal listener uh god fact,
0: bless uh, you jeremy how is that young man doing
1: He's doing great. That's in great. fact, uh, t- truth be told, I-, I don't loyally listen to all of your podcasts. Andy, you There's
0: no, you should not, please. Well, you you but... listen to my bullshit in person for 16 years. More but, but, than enough.
1: But he'll often say, boy, you should have heard what he said about you after you went well. off.
0: Wait a minute. I don't think I've said anything behind your back I wouldn't say to your face. Maybe yeah. I have. Um, but anyway, I, I'll, I'll, make sure to, I'll make sure to say it to your face next time. Thank anyway, uh, so here was what happened. I woke up this morning, and as as I want to do, I will uh, read my Twitter timeline in bed quietly as my wife is still asleep next to me. So therefore, I can't listen to audio, or mm-hmm. I choose not to listen to audio. I don't want to wake her up. So I see people are just bing, 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 bing going off on Coach K saying, what a pathetic response. This was t- totally a bad look. This was awful. Then I listened to it and I said, oh, I'm kind of disappointed. That's it? <laughs> I guess I didn't watch. Last night, uh, Duke lost. Yes? Yeah. yeah. Fifth
1: straight loss, I think. Uh, yeah.
0: they're They're not good. They may not make the tournament this year. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's pretty unprecedented. So here was a student reporter asking the mighty Coach Krasuski this question via Zoom.
1: Hi, Coach. I'm just curious as to what what the next step forward here is for the team as you guys move into another week of basketball. Yeah, why don't we just evaluate this game? I'm not into what our next step forward is right now. We just finished the hard fought game. I don't know if – like when – what what what's your major?
0: What's your major at Duke? What's your hardest class? Econ. Okay, so say you just
1: had the toughest econ test in the world, and when you walked out, somebody asked you, "What's your next step?" Uh, you see what I mean? Does that you have some empathy and, um, and you know just give us time to evaluate this game, and then we'll we'll figure out, just like we
0: always try to do. Oh, what a pompous <laughs> pussy. Seriously. <laughs> empathy. Have some empathy. So, as young Jeremy Poland said, how about that, Mr. Poland? Are you ready to now rip Coach K just a bit after you defended him earlier in the year yep. as saying, you know, no, he's not just looking to tank the season because he's got a bad team.
1: No, I, I don't have a defense for that. As a matter of fact, on a it scale was of bad. one to,
0: one to ten bad, what was it in your mind? I think it was only like a five.
1: Yeah, I, I would say that too. But it, but he does need to apologize to the kid.
0: One. And, eh, yeah, I don't think he it, has to apologize. He just has to wear this as being a, a, a whiny bully. Notice well, how he like, asked three times. What's your major? What's your major? What's your hardest class? I think the kid was laying out like, hey, this is not about me.
1: Yeah, well, that's that's exactly right. What what he did initially in saying, hey, we just had a tough game. Let's talk about the game. That might have even been okay to a a guy who's been covering the team for a while, not a student. But then he decides, hmm, I'm going to show him that I'm the grandfatherly coach k and i'm going to instruct this young man and so i'm going to come come up with this and that that just doesn't work i mean you know the, the analogy of a class is ridiculous right and, and and yes if you're taking a bunch of finals somebody might say well you got through econ what's next you know you've got uh, chemistry or something like that so uh, you know that that think, just didn't work
0: i think the uh, the young man was looking for an answer like "Well, we've just got to practice better You know, we we are not good right now. We need to work on our defense. We're not switching hard enough on ball screens. Uh, Or maybe K K would say, you know what, it's possible these guys need a bit of a break. We may dial our practice back just a bit because they're burnt out. Like, that's a legitimate question. You lost for the fifth straight game. What are you going to do now? Are you going to regroup? Are you going to claim the season should be shut shut down again? Now, if the student reporter wanted to be really hostile – he could have said, boy, it sure looks like quitting time again, huh, coach? I'll hang up and listen to <laughs> you. Seriously,
1: would you have had the chutzpah to do that when you were no, 18 and 19 No, years old? no, no. And th-
0: no. not only that, it, and that would have been out of bounds. That would have yes, been wrong. Yes. But when it comes to college basketball coaches who are big enough to be bullies, nothing compares to Jim Calhoun. Going full gangster, asking the reporter who was daring to inquire about his salary, what was the take tonight? So, uh, considering that you're the highest paid state
1: employee and there's a $2 billion budget debt, yep. do you think that's... Not, be- Not a dime back. <laughs> Not a dime back. Not a dime back. I'd like to be retired someday. So I'm getting tired. 1.6 million is enough? I'm sorry? 1.5 okay. million? I make a lot more than that. You do? Yeah. What's the take tonight?
0: I I don't know. What's the deal with Comcast work? You're not really that stupid, are you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're not that stupid, are you? Yeah, yeah. Shut up. Thank you. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Shut up. very polite. No, it wasn't polite.
1: I like how you shut up. If you want to talk to me outside, I'm more than happy to talk to you. We're talking about basketball. If you
0: guys covered this stuff, I wouldn't have to do it. (laughs)
1: Will <laughs> you please, um, quite frankly, we bring in $12 million to the university. Nothing to do with state funds. We make $12 million a year for this university. Get some facts and come back and see me. Get some facts and come back and see me. Don't throw out salaries or other things. Get some facts and come back and see me. We turn over over $12 million to the University of Connecticut, which is state-run. Next question.
0: Yeah. There was, yeah. and uh, and and UConn has not been the same since he left.
1: Yeah, well, they did win a national title, but they got popped for cheating on that and a couple other things.
0: But who they win um, it under?
1: Uh, who was it? Kevin Ollie was, was it? Assistant? Kevin Ollie
0: won national yeah, championship. Won. Wow, I okay, believe so. yeah. all right, yeah, but still, that's the thing, the, and and that's now that is going full gangster. Not a yeah, dime but- back. I make more than that, and shut up. <laughs>
1: Also, I, I don't think that was a guy who regularly covered the team. No. I think that, I think that was a guy who was, you know, submarined in and, uh, you know, was going for something and, there.
0: An outside edge here, What the student should have said to Shashevsky was, well, if I was getting paid $7 million to take econ and it was a requirement of the job to talk to people after tests, then I would gladly answer those questions. Boom, mic drop.
1: Yeah, but, you know, again... 19 years old
0: i know coach k has come
1: at you you're right in your boots
0: right so are you surprised that so many people went after coach k so hard about this
1: um not really because because when you're losing and you do that then then you're subject to it and he he's not used to being in this position and that you know if if you're you know if you're if you're like 11 and one and you lose a game and the kid asks a question then it's like you know he got reason to snap at him, but the team has been bad. And he's, he's just not supposed to have teams like that at Duke.
0: Right. Uh, I thought one of the most egregious things coach K did as, as the bully that he likes to be when things aren't going well was in the handshake line. He, uh, he stopped and I forget who, who was exactly, but there was something about the handshake line where he stopped to then lecture a kid on the other team. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, no. He, he, he's got his things, and maybe he's earned some of that status. But you know, he's he's uh, he, he's got some prickliness. And look, his college coach was some Bob Knight. He was an assistant under Bob Knight. <laughs> that's, <You> the, keep... <laughs> that's the best you can do is some prickliness.
0: <laughs> Jeremy, I tried. <laughs> What do you want me to say?
1: He should be fired for this. No,
0: no, okay. but rip into him a little bit more. Give him more than just he's, he's a he's a thin. You don't even
1: think he needs to apologize. I said he needs to apologize to the kid.
0: Well, yeah, but I think he's a thin-skinned bully. I think he's showing who he really is here, and well, it's maybe. it's it's not a good look for him at all.
1: No, it's not. I agree. It's it, it, it he should be above this. He he needs to say to the to the kid. I I shouldn't have said what I said. Now, some of it may be, you know, older people, and I'm I'm uh, right on that line there. Technology <laughs> throws you off, too. You know, he's, he's not used to this Zoom stuff. This is all within the last year,
0: right? Oh, you're going to go that route, huh? <laughs> okay. <yeah. laughs> it's just a question, Andy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know, but, you know, when you can't see the person in person like you're used to, maybe that, and a room full of people, too. That's another thing. He feels more insulated with the uh, with just a computer screen in front of him instead of you know fifteen or twenty reporters in front of
0: him. Well, young Jeremy went to Indiana University, mm-hmm. where the legend of all coaching tirades happened—not to the media, but to the team.
1: You want to play? Then I'm getting the fuck out of here. I mean, if you're not going to recover Greg Graham, if you're just going to let him drive by you, if the rest of you are going to let him catch the ball outside the three-second lane and drive all the way in here without one guy challenging him, then I'm leaving and you fucking guys will run until you can't even suffer. Now, I'm tired of this shit. I'm sick and fucking tired of an 8-10 record. I'm fucking tired of losing to Purdue. I'm not here to fuck around
0: this week. If that had been caught... In today's day and age, how long would a coach last?
1: Yeah, good question. A minute, um, basically?
0: He'd yeah, be fired. I mean, You'd be uh, fired for that in today's day and age. There's no way. Well, they wouldn't allow it, that.
1: Well, but but it was, there was no physical contact there. Oh, so it doesn't, I don't
0: know. doesn't matter. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. I think in today's environment, Andy, that coach would be uh, strung up, hung by his own petard, as they say. After three NBA.
1: national titles, though? So, I don't know. Yeah. He... Uh, there, but there, there have been plenty of excuse makers for him
0: I well, think for, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not sure coaches can, can get away with that. i'll I'll never forget when Bobby Knight scolded me when we were you and I were at the yeah. uh, Palazzo oh, yeah. in Vegas. <laughs> I, I wish I had that soundbite handy. I don't have it. I'm looking for it right now, but yeah, uh, basically night you know this is what coaches do. They are high strung. They're used to working the refs too. that's the thing. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. these college coaches like to work the media like they work the refs with sarcasm, with bullying, with lobbying, with all kinds of stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing about Knight is that people don't realize until you see him in person. He's 6'5". Mm-hmm. So we were we were sitting at a table. I think, wasn't Billy Packer with him? I believe it was Packer and, and Knight, and uh, they were promoting something. And they sat down with us. It was sort of a radio row for, for something uh, we were there for. And, uh, and what Knight... She so was sort of half standing up and half sitting down when he said it to you. And it scared the hell out of me too. And he wasn't even addressing me.
0: Oh sure. Yeah. Knight Knight and Coach Thompson uh were and are bears. Uh yeah. Knight is still alive, but he's in poor health.
1: Right. Yeah. Correct. And Tom Thompson, we knew a little bit, so yeah. it was, but I, I, that's first time I, I think first time I met. Yeah, Knight at, yeah. When uh, you would,
0: when you would stand up next to them, it'd be like a grizzly bear getting on a hind legs. Like,
1: oh shit, this guy's really big. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and night, And you never saw Thompson. You know, really, I mean, he would lose his temper, but you didn't see him like throw a chair. No, or some of the things that Knight did. So Knight was capable of yeah. snapping at any yeah. moment.
0: Yeah. By the way, when it comes to that chair throw moment. The mm-hmm. best Bernie inauguration meme I've seen so far. <laughs> yeah, seen You've seen that one? Where- <laughs> yeah, they put the Bernie in the chair in Bob Knight's hands as he's about to throw him. Wow well, oh my this? God.
1: You know, uh, when Jeremy was at Indiana, I don't know whether they still do this, but there's a little pregame video before the games. That was in it. No way. Like, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I wonder if it still is.
1: I don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah. that was even before he, he had come back and, you know, sort of smoothed over his hatred of the school.
0: Yeah. Before we get to the two most important woofskin things, which is the new front office and now this late-breaking Matt Stafford hysteria and mania, Larry King, Andy, legend. Passes at yeah. 87. Give me your thoughts on old Larry King.
1: Well, I, I put this out in a tweet Um When I was working in in Beaumont, Texas, uh, we were one of the first of the 28 stations he had. So I was listening to him, like, right from the beginning. And he made his mark in radio. Yes, CNN made him a bigger star, but he was a pretty big star just doing overnight radio.
0: Overnight radio.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that his success in that helped guys like you and me to have careers in this for a long time. In that he elevated talk radio, and it took on many forms. Sports radio came along a little bit later on, but I think that because he was so successful doing this, I think a lot of people said, "Yeah, we can really make talk radio work." People like this. People, people, uh, you know, f- have a good feeling about it. It's it's important, and he was able to, you know, in the overnight, getting people to stay up, you know, till three and four in the morning, and come right. in as a guest, you know, and there weren't <laughs> as many forums for him, but. If you had a book and Larry King said, come in at, you know, 3, 4, 3 30 in the morning, you did it. And, uh, and that, that, that to me was the most impressive thing. CNN was later on that made him an even, a much bigger star, Right. but, but he, the, and, and the one thing about him, I didn't know him. I don't even think I even met him, but, uh, the one thing I always felt about him, he never stopped being Larry Zeiger from Brooklyn, you know? Oh, that it, was it, his it,
0: original name. Ziger. Yeah. Yeah, okay. as
1: as big, as big as he became, he was still the guy who hung out on the street corner with his buddies and, you know. Still Carvel a, a
0: man of that. the people. Like, yeah. he never really snapped at anybody. He never really sort of, you know, acted like all big and mighty. You know, he, he, he was he was always very likable. A lot to was, be said for that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, and, so and, it was good.
0: And, and the most famous moment was the Seinfeld interview when <laughs> yeah. Jerry had to remind him, no, no. I walked away from the show, I was not canceled. I said how long?
1: Nine years, 180
0: episodes. You gave it up, right? I did, sir. They didn't cancel you, you canceled them. <laughs> By the way, that, that, that voice on Larry King is great. It's so rich and perfect and mellifluous. 180 episodes. You gave it up, right?
1: I did, sir. They didn't cancel you, you canceled them.
0: You're not aware of this? No, I'm, I'm asking you by the way, this I, I got a point, as I've watched this clip a couple times since Larry King passed away this weekend, Jerry's comedian timing is perfect because he waits. That little gap there where he stares yeah. down Larry King was so perfect to ratchet up the tension. Listen to it.
1: You're not aware of this? No, I'm, I'm asking you.
0: You think I got canceled? Are you under the impression uh, that I got canceled? I
1: hurt you, Jerry? I thought don't, that was pretty
0: well documented. Don't this most is a, shows go down? Is this still CNN? Don't
1: most shows go down a little? Most people do also. <laughs> but... <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah Larry, no, Larry was I,
1: trying to I, save himself there. Yeah, and off the air was the number one show on television, Larry. You were Do you all, know no. who I am? <laughs> <laughs> Jewish guy, Brooklyn. Yes. Okay. Seventy-five million viewers okay. last episode. What you? Don't Which take I it can't. so bad. Well, that's a, a big difference between being canceled and being number one. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll be right back. Jeez. B movie opens. <laughs>
0: here movie
1: opens. The movie opens tomorrow.
0: And, uh, I, we'll be right back. <laughs> he kind of snapped at the end, like, "Okay, that's enough." Now you're starting right. to make me look. Well, bad. He, he,
1: he went. He went pretty early, to, Did I hurt you, Jerry? I thought. I thought that he, was. Yeah,
0: yeah. he kind of did. See, now yeah. I understand what Larry King was doing there as an interviewer. Interviewer he he was he was establishing the facts like a good prosecutor. Were you at the diner on the night of the fifteenth? Yes. Did you see the suspect over here? Yes. So he's laying it out because not everybody, believe it or not, would have known that Seinfeld walked away on his own. All right. I thought that was. I agree. Perfectly legitimate thing. He could have said it himself, but he wanted Jerry to affirm that by way of a question and answer. Anyway, uh, I'll just, I'll never forget about Larry King, and I didn't work for him either, but I was in the intern department at CNN back in the early 90s, and I knew some of the interns in the Larry King department. And one of the interns, his main job was to pick the cashews out of Larry King's cashew <laughs> chicken takeout. And I said, why doesn't he just get it without cashews? And there was no firm answer. It was just, he loves the chicken cashew from this Chinese place, hates the cashews. You got to pluck them out with chopsticks.
1: Well, you know, if you're Larry King and you're successful, enough, yes. you you have a, a cashew plucker available right. to exactly.
0: you. Exactly. Yeah. And, and boy, nobody believed in marriage quite like that guy, did he?
1: Well, you know, I read something and I never saw this before. One of the obits I read yesterday, he said he loved the chase. Eight and, eight
0: marriages to seven women. He got remarried to one of the eight or one of the seven.
1: Right. And she was a, a former playboy, playmate.
0: They were night. all and, hot and they were yeah, all a lot younger, yeah. and they all well, took a big chunk out of his empire.
1: Right. Well, but he did well otherwise. I mean, he, he wasn't hurting. But but the, the, the guy looked like a serpent and, and, and he and he had, <laughs> he had these beautiful women. And, and this is this is the most important thing that you would probably tell a, a, a young man who's heading off to college. <laughs> we need the most important thing in talking to women is to get them to talk about themselves. Yes. And, and Larry was the greatest interviewer ever. So he's getting all these hot women because he was very successful in getting
0: them to talk about themselves. Yeah, that and money. Never yeah, forget the gobs he, you know, and gobs of money.
1: But, but some of those marriages were before he got rich. They were, they were before, you know, he was doing local radio in Miami. He was successful there, but he also had some really bad business failings. You know, he gambled a lot, and he went bankrupt a couple of times. I think he got arrested for passing a bad check.
0: Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. Sean Southwick, I think, was his last wife. Yeah. She was hot as shit. statuesque blonde and next to Larry King who you aptly said looked like a a serpent. Hello. (laughs) All right. All right. The divisions have been decided. Champions are about to be crowned and legends born like Taylor Heineke. But what about you? What's in it for you? I know. It's your time to win in the NFL playoffs. You've waited and watched all year. Maybe your team had a good season. Maybe your team had a bad season. How about you have a winning season in January? My Bookie, the industry's leading online sports book and casino, and it's not hard to understand why. Thousands of lines to bet on your favorite sports. NFL, NBA, college basketball. Check, check, check. MMA, soccer. Check, check. They've got all the latest odds. Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at my bookie. Let's move on to the Wolfskins. This Matthew Stafford stuff has heated up with the news coming out Sunday morning that Stafford and the Lions have mutually agreed to part ways so he can be gettable And people are floating out things that I think are not going to happen, like just flip the first-round pick this year, the 19th overall, straight up for Stafford. That's not happening. If you're going to get Stafford, it's going to be a one, a two, and a warm body at a minimum, in my opinion.
1: Probably, because there's going to be a bidding war. Yes. A lot of teams are interested. A lot of teams think of themselves as close. Yeah, this, this stuff that you hear like, Well, Martin Mayhew drafted him, so clearly that puts Washington in the league. Like, the Lions are going to say, you're right, yeah, you took the first shot at him, Martin, so you deserve him. We're going to give him to you for whatever you want to give us.
0: He also does not have a no-trade clause, so he can't guide where he goes. Right. So there's that. I saw one accounting of the number of teams that are going to need a quarterback either right now or very soon, and it's half the league, Andy.
1: We're yeah, in this yeah.
0: phase now where it's going to be a seller's market for quarterbacking services, not a buyer's market.
1: Yeah. Well they've they've gone this route twice in recent years, Donovan McNabb and Alex Smith. And for one reason or another, it really hasn't worked out that well. Uh you could say Alex Smith got them to the playoffs this year, but realistically, this is not the way to build. But so
0: would are you in favor of pursuing Stafford.
1: Yes, yes, but I'm not in favor of I've heard I've heard this, you probably have too. One and Chase Young. Would you do that? No, it's, no, no. <laughs> Oh Jesus God, no. Are you kidding yeah, but, me? But, but you hear people say, Well, you gotta have a quarterback, so you gotta do whatever it takes to get a quarterback. No,
0: I wouldn't oh, do that. God, that one took my breath away. I was more like thinking of this year's first, next year's second, and say Matt Ioannidis Okay. Yeah, something along it. those lines or that. Antonio Gibson or something like that. That's about as that. much as I would go. Oh, really? Okay. So, I mean, look, bottom line is uh, if it's two number ones, I'm out. Yeah, It's got to be a single number one, some other pick that's either a two, three, or four. And, and the player cannot be someone great like Chase Young. That's for damn sure.
1: Right. And I, I, this is apples. is not apples to apples. But uh, you were one who said, too much to give up for RT3.
0: And someone said, oh, come on. You
1: got to have a quarterback. And look at him. Oh, okay. He's he's great. He's, yeah. he's going to be a star. And he was for one year.
0: The, so. the irony is, I, w- I was right about that. But on the flip side, the Rams didn't do anything with all the picks right. that they got. So it was sort of a double canceling move because it didn't make the Rams great, didn't make us great. The other thing too is that uh, you know, there's more than just having a quarterback on the team. You still have to be good as a team. And there's nice. this feeling of, oh, we're gonna plop, plop, fizz, fizz, put a guy in like Stafford and it's all gonna be great. Not necessarily. Never want a playoff game in Detroit. Now, granted, it's Detroit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: By the yeah. way, did you like their new coaches, uh, Dan Campbell's oh, Chew Your God. Knees off rant?
1: This, 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 this is what you call a clip and save. What a lunkhead. what what a, what a, this 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 is the same. I said this on the air. This is this is what a, a JV coach says. How do I know this? Because this is what our JV coach said to us. And <laughs> well, he we punted
0: were... on third down no, no, more no, no, than a few my, times. That was my
1: varsity coach. The oh. JV coach. <laughs> JV. In fact, he was. An, I think he was an assistant coach. But but the point is. We were a bunch of soft <laughs> suburban kids, kids. Who, who needed that. These are NFL players; they don't want to hear this Harry High School crap. <laughs> was, this, this guy, this guy this, chew this your guy knees is, off, is, nonsense. This guy is is on the express train to four and twelve and three and thirteen and out the door.
0: But some are saying it makes sense now. He's going to be the fall guy. They're going to tank with this meathead coach. Coach Max Reps, they're calling him <laughs> <My> knee biting. <laughs> yeah, and, and then they flush it all uh, with whoever they get as their next quarterback. I don't. Okay. Know. Yeah. I don't really know. All I know is I'm looking at. I'm looking at the woofed front office now with Mayhew and Herney under Jason Wright as the team president, all reporting to uh, Ron Rivera. With, of course, the belt buckle kid, Dan Snyder, at the top still. It's the best front office structure they've had, but it still may not be enough for success.
1: Right, right. We don't know. And and also, uh, as good a job as Ron Rivera did in his first year, under very difficult circumstances, I still don't think it's the best setup where the head coach has the final say. I think you need to have a little bit of the yin and the yang, and right. uh, and and look when when even with the great Camelot days of Washington, Bobby Beathard and Joe Gibbs, they you know Gibbs was not completely in charge. They each had some say, and 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 Jack Kent Cooke would break the tie. Yeah, uh, I, I was in New York where you had uh, George Young, you had Bill George Young, and Bill Parcells. Yeah. They, they didn't get along, and they won two Super Bowls. So, Ooh. you know.
0: Well, here's uh, the best argument for this setup that I've heard is it puts the most credible bodies in between Dan Snyder and his worst impulses as an owner.
1: That's true. And I'm like,
0: that is good because you and I remember the days in which Spurrier was literally on the golf course, didn't give two shits about anything roster-wise, and it was Danny and Vinny left to their own devices to run amok And boy, did they run amok with bad ideas. I look back at that and I gasp thinking, how do we even exist as a team? Like, how do we even function with that setup?
1: How how about about the time where Zorn... Is the coach? And yeah. He's sitting in the room like a kid with it with his thumb in his mouth, watching Snyder go after D- Hainsworth Yeah, saying, "Oh, this was great. This was really great to see this in action." <laughs> right after midnight, he has a deal with. My <laughs> God, I'm thinking, "What? Well, this is ridiculous."
0: Yeah. So let me just walk through real quick. Correct me if I'm mistaken. I went through the timeline of the front office setups for the Redskins and now the Wolf since Dan took over. It started when he bought the team and Casserly and Norv were already at each other's throats and Dan right. had to pick one. He picked Norv, right?
1: Right. He, he, well, he, he had to because there was no other choice. That was like a week before training camp. So he he fired Casserly. He already had Vinny. Vinny had already infected the building. You know, I don't know if you heard this story, but. Uh, when Snyder was on his way to buying the team, but hadn't been officially approved, mm-hmm. he sent Vinny to Redskin Park, and Casterly kicked him out. And oh. he up, yeah, he wound up taking a hotel room nearby <laughs> and was like five zero for Danny until he <laughs> until he bought the team, and then and then he well, he came in, so he was he was ready to. T- in Snyder's mind, right. Vinny was ready to take over. So, right. yeah, that's that's what happened.
0: So after Casserly was out, it was Vinny and Danny and all of Dan's money, and they ran amok with the Jeff George, Bruce Smith, Deion Sanders, Fortune 500 team. That failed. It led to Marty coming in, having total control. They so didn't like that because Vinny was gone. Dan couldn't make any impulse buys. Marty lasted a year. Spurrier comes in, and again, it's Danny and his money with Vinny at his side, running amok. Spurrier was on the golf course, not good. Right, Gibbs, but, but yeah.
1: One, one quick thing: they what they they also put up a facade. They spread around this word that they were bringing in Bethard to go along with Spurrier, which might have actually been okay because you would have had somebody but there. But Bethard never came. Well, because they lowballed him. I don't think they ever wanted him. I think they right. just wanted to put it out there like, hey, we're not totally breaking from the way Marty did things, but right. uh yeah, he didn't he didn't come in.
0: Right. No. And then uh then Gibbs comes in and Vinny stays, which was to me one of the great disappointments I've ever had as a Redskin fan. I was right. crushed. I thought finally Dad is back home. The idiot stepdad is going to be gone. And it's like, no, he kept him because Gibbs also liked Dan's money. And also was happy to go sprinkle it around on free agents because D- Gibbs was under the impression of well they've already proven they can play in the league so why not buy players right
1: right he, well first Gibbs first time around didn't have free agency right so now it's in there oh this is this looks good this yeah. is fun okay
0: <laughs> that all collapsed it led to Zorn with Vinny and the bingo caller and Dan's money doing dumb shit like, you know, Haynesworth, that mm-hmm. went poorly. Then finally they bring Bruce in, in December in the interim period between Zorn and Shanahan. Shanahan is added to the mix and there was a perception that Shanahan had final say, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, well, there was a perception that Shanahan had instructed Snyder to bring to in go Bruce. Get
0: Bruce. Right. Yeah. Which may or may not have been true. Who knows? But then, yeah. you know, as soon as you get installed, they make a trade for McNabb. Not good watch house of the first year. Then after the McNabb thing blows up, Dan goes out and makes the blockbuster deal for RG3, which clearly Shanahan was not totally behind because that's why he took Kirk in the third round.
1: But he also, well, his fourth round, but he also he also set, was in on it. He he was okay with the trade. He, he I know what they were giving up.
0: I yeah. guess because in year three, with a terrible first year with the Rex and Beck's combination, with a bad second year with McFlab, I bet Shani was feeling the heat, right? So he didn't yeah. feel like he had the juice to say to Snyder, no, we don't need RG3, stand put.
1: Yeah, right? well, it, also there, there was this. They, they had played Carolina during that uh, Rex Beck year. And Shanahan said after the game, Hmm, I'm somewhat intrigued by these running quarterbacks. So <laughs> yeah, he he he, uh, he, he kind of was interested in that. And, you know, a lot of the draft people were saying, you know, he's not that far behind Andrew Luck. You know, if you if, if that's your consolation prize, you're doing okay. Yeah. But
0: that all collapsed out. and led to the Bruce J. McLuhan era with Dan Snyder as part of it. It was a social club, a drinking club that dabbled in football. I mean, it was such a bad combination. And as soon as they made a few decent picks and had a little dollop of success winning one division at nine and seven, the credit game tore it all apart because too many fans and some of us in the media were crediting Scott McLuhan and he had to go and he was drunk all the time, which is unfortunate.
1: Allegedly, but yes, he, yes. he, he, he had, I, I have been told that he was drinking on the job. Yeah. Whether he was drunk, I don't know. But well, and he did not, not win. Guy.
0: He did not win his legal case about being no. fired for cause. So that says yeah, a lot, that, right there. That does say. It. It well, and that brings us to the current situation. A lot of bodies in front of Snyder in his checkbook to buy players. So we'll see. <laughs> Bottom line is, they got to get a quarterback. All right, Andy. Thank you for doing this early. I have decided I can't wait until midnight to record this podcast. It's going to be a <laughs> glorious championship Sunday. We'll go over how these games went down next week. All right. Sounds good. Good all to right, talk. Buddy. To you. Thank you, Andy. See you. Well, it looks like we're into the COVID miracle season. That's right the number of COVID miracles that are about to start popping up are going to be almost too much to follow. But I'll try to help you around these parts. So, not only did a uh, change in the PCR testing get indicated from the World Health Organization as soon as Joe Biden was sworn in, but things start popping left and right. Kansas, Democrat governor, lowering cycle testing threshold for positive tests. Maryland's anti-Trump, quote-unquote, Republican governor, uh, Larry Hogan, with a lockdown, uh, who had been very pro-lockdown, suddenly now deciding that they need to reopen schools and getting more and more aggressive in the language he's using to push for this. Washington, D.C., two days after the inauguration, now reopening bars and restaurants to 25%. Massachusetts, with a rhino lockdown governor, suddenly easing restrictions. Chicago, now not only reopening their restaurants and bars, but also pushing to punish union teachers for not returning to work in person. Cuomo was clamoring to reopen a state just a week or two ago, and you've got all this stuff happening pretty much in concert. I'm sure it's the science. But yeah, you see what's going on here. I guess I shouldn't complain any opening, any movement towards, hey, you know what? We're just going to have to deal with this because we can't wait forever. Hell, even Biden said there's nothing we can do to change the trajectory of this pandemic in the next three or four months. Some would say, but he's just being honest, unlike the last guy. I would say, but yeah, but he campaigned on, oh, there's no plan. I'm going to end this thing. He knows it. You know it. I know it. Anyone who has a brain knows it. Virus is going to virus. And it is virusing right now where it wants to go. And of course, the new hype is a new variant, which of course they cloak in a very specific and intimidating way. Moniker, the B.1.1.7 variant. The fuck is that? They do this for a reason and they push this for a reason to make you, the plebes and the public, feel like, oh, oh duh, I don't understand this. They could have just said it was the, you know, the Saratoga variant or the, uh, you know, Helsinki variant. Or a new variant, you don't need to know it's scientific, B. 1. seven name, but they love to push it out there because it makes you feel stupid, or it can for some people, and they want to look like they're the experts. How many of them have been dead wrong and have said, you know what, wow, we were wrong about that? None, because they're not going to. So there's a new variant that is supposedly more transmissible, but not any more deadly. And then, now they're like, "Well, wait a minute. This new variant might be more deadly. It might be 30% more deadly. So let's see, what's 30% more deadly of a 99.98% survival rate for those that are under 50 years old and healthy, or 60, or whatever the number is? Let's see, that would take it to 99.982. Oh, my God. But the travel front is getting dicier because... More international long-haul routes are being shut down in Europe and Australia and New Zealand. People are actually saying, you know, New Zealand did it. We should do what they did. Are you fucking kidding me? Do you know how many people there are in New Zealand? Now Google how many sheep are there in New Zealand. That's right. There's more sheep than people. There's more st- There's more people in individual states in the U.S. than New Zealand. And hello, it's not... An island on the other side of the world. But hey, whatever. So apparently Israel, as of Sunday morning, closed its airport entirely. Oi. We'll see how much madness comes here to the States. But it's crazy to me to say, to think you're going to shut down international travel for a virus that is already endemic now in every country in the world? Everyone's smeared with it. Everyone's wet. What are we stopping exactly? What are we doing? Anyway, expect more COVID miracles to come soon. Oh, look at this. Clark County, Nevada, pushing to reopen schools quickly. Why? Teen suicide rates skyrocketing. And they have this elaborate mental health early warning system that they have set up in the schools out there that I guess maybe monitor social media to detect uh, these kind of things. And not only that, but there has been an absolute spike in actual teenage suicides that is way out of the norm. And they're like, oh, gee, maybe closing schools for this long is a really bad idea, especially for a group that is not at all affected by the virus in a serious way. There is a handful at best of under-18 deaths attributed to COVID. But there are teenagers who are in despair, who have mental health issues, who are killing themselves because of these lockdowns. So, hey, welcome to Team Reality, Clark County, Nevada. Let's hope more people get on board and quickly. All right, that'll be it for me today. Thank you for listening. Sorry. I couldn't wait for the games to be over. It's going to be too much of an emotional roller coaster from now until the end of the day. I promise to give you a full recap on Monday's podcast for Tuesday. So you'll just have to wait another day. As always, you're free to listen to me via the iHeart app if you don't live in Milwaukee. Otherwise, tune in to 97.3 The Game, and we'll have a complete breakdown of both the Packers and the Buccaneers and also the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. Have a great Monday, everybody, and we will see you next time. All right, the divisions have been decided. Champions are about to be crowned and legends born like Taylor Heineke. But what about you? What's in it for you? I know. It's your time to win in the NFL playoffs. You've waited and watched all year. Maybe your team had a good season. Maybe your team had a bad season. How about you have a winning season in January? My Bookie, the industry's leading online sports book and casino, and it's not hard to understand why. Thousands of lines to bet on your favorite sports, NFL, NBA, college basketball, check, 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 MMA, soccer, check, check. They've got all the latest odds. Bitcoin, and more. Whether you're at home or on the go, your laptop or on the phone, it's not too late to make your New Year's resolution a resolution to get paid on the games you knew were going to end up the way they did. Bet, win, and get paid at MyBookie.